Hello and welcome to the Cozy Mystery Book Club podcast. I'm your creator and hostess, Angela Maria Hart, better known as at Writer A Hart over on Instagram and Twitter, and Books Are My Heart over on YouTube. As your hostess, I'm happy to announce today's episode, the Cozy Mystery Book Club's YouTube live stream discussion of A Brush With Murder by Bailey Abbott. The live stream discussion of A Brush With Murder originally aired over on YouTube April 25th, 2023. Yours truly was joined by romance author and cozy mystery reader, Kelly Reynolds. You can learn all about Kelly Reynolds and her romance writing journey, as well as all sorts of romance genre fun with the Boobies and Newbies podcast. If you weren't able to join the live stream discussion of A Brush With Murder, I hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. And we are officially live talking about our appearances. <laughs> you know, as we kick it off. Wow, there's a lot of people in the chat already. Kind of, I love everyone's from all over the place. That's awesome. Oh, you guys are so cute. I love seeing the comments. Hey, you're not that far. Hello to Maryland. I'm actually in Bethesda right now. New Jersey. Oh, I love when you, when you get to see the map. Someday I'm going to have to go into Canva or another, maybe even procreate and do the map. You're like, we have sleuthers in this state representing this state. We're oh, in this you country. should. I love that. I would absolutely love that. I'm Oregon. I'm representing Oregon tonight. <laughs> I mean, everyone's across the board. This is incredible. I'm going to be in Texas later this year for Book Bonanza. I was just there for Ooh. the Pop Culture Association, but I'm going back. So Texas, I see you. Shout out. <laughs> nice. I see Chicago land in there. I lived in Chicago for two years. I love Chicago. It's like my home away from home. Okay. I just saw this comment. We are going to have to talk about the murder because I did not solve this whodunit at all. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you solved it. I, I'm impressed with you. Because I, I watch so many mysteries and I read so many and most of the time my family we, we play a game like and it's just my dad my mom and I and so when I go home and we watch a mystery together yeah. usually on acorn we will like 20 minutes in my dad will be like pause okay who has a prediction and I'll be like she did it and but I won't be able to tell you why like I won't be able to give you the why I'll just be like no it's her but I mean did I get the why in this one no like no I, you're so funny because so I've been staying at my parents' house and I've been watching The Closer with my dad. And every time he's like, you haven't seen this episode. How'd you know he was the killer? <laughs> he gets the biggest kick out of this because he keeps, I've never seen the show before because the show kind of yep. came on when I was still probably like middle school, high school. I just, it wasn't during my time. So the reruns, I've never seen them, but I'm very, very good at predicting them so far. And he's been getting the biggest yep. kick. So we've been watching the episodes together and I've been predicting so far. I have a pretty good record and I have, I have, really? a, witness. I have a witness because sometimes people say, okay. oh, I called it. And I'm like, sure you did. I have, but you're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, don't I can tell y'all, I actually even getting these right. I'm like, I need to have a score sheet because. Yes. Like, <gasps> that would be a fun, I, you're, you're the best with like printables and like stickers and stuff. That would be some good ones to put in there. Like, can you solve the mystery or like, how many did you get right? Did you get it before or after red herring number one, two, and three? 
that would be fun. I like that. That's a really cute idea. I'm trying to figure out like bookmark or so again, I have some special swag for y'all for those people I meet here from Alice Domestic. So I was going to show you. So this, this is the sticker for like the people I meet in person, but I also have a printout of something wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Some of you can probably guess what the printout is of. It's of a certain square sized item, but yeah, I would love to do another printout or something because I have the best time designing those things for y'all. And I have things I haven't revealed yet. There are mm-hmm. coloring with pages, more logos, aka the mascots with our animal friends. So many things are in the works, but I love doing those things. I would love to do that because I think that is historical. The scorecard for our yearly breakdown of we have 12 books. How many of these did you? How many? Yes. Did you <laughs> well, and I don't know. I know you and I have talked about it on my podcast, Boobies and Newbies, mm-hmm. because Angela has become a an annual guest on the 12 days of Oopsmas that I do because it always coincides with Mm -hmm. the the 12 days of cozies. And so one of the things that I've talked about uh, is that I got these bingo cards Mm -hmm. that are meant for watching Hallmark Christmas movies. And like, you're just supposed to like cross off things. And so I think, I think there's a similar vibe that could be applied to reading cozy mysteries for sure. Absolutely. Bingo boards. I love making bingo boards. Those are so much fun for me. And I have it. So I get very particular. I'm a perfectionist and I always love it when I see people say, oh, I created a bingo board and I'm thinking B-I-N. She, oh, you only have three rows. Like you're missing something here, sweetie. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. That's I'm, I love bingo. Full on bingo. Like we got to do like the real bingo. <laughs> yes. I hear you. I'm loving seeing everybody's like predictions and like, oops, I thought it was this person in the chat because I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of how it goes, right? When you read a mystery is like you make your, mm-hmm. your predictions, but then as it's going on, you're like, oh no, it's, it, it can't be this person. Like I got, you know, and so I always find myself changing my mind too when I no. when I do predict or try to predict who who done it. So for our lovely April book of the month, I started out. I, I saw this comment because I myself Willow was my first choice. Willow was my first. I thought she was our killer. We'll probably have to do. A recap and go back a step because we're talking about the ending already. But I first I thought it was Willow. Then I was going, okay, Megan is totally an option. Sammy is here. And so by the end of this, I had, I think, five suspects. I'm going, oh, and then we <laughs> had this woman like, who's the candle maker again? Oh, well, this story's the name with the sense. Every single female character was on my list of suspects after a certain point. And I still was wrong. <laughs> okay. And let's be honest. Did you pick this book because she has a dog named Max that also looks like your dog? <laughs> so I forget who recommended the book at first. I actually was almost dreading reading the book because I'm still in the grieving process. I'm not, I haven't been doing too well. So when I saw <laughs> that there was when when I found out there was not only a Maltese but it was named Max I had my mom do a sensitivity read for me I love that yeah I was because I've been I mean I'm still crying at night two nights ago I was like hyperventilating crying because I miss my baby so much Mm -hmm. I mean I was really I was concerned because so for January (laughs) we had pies and prejudice and in the book the aunt does pet memorials and I had just <gasps> lost him and 
our guest was Ben and I had confided in him at the time. I hadn't mentioned it publicly yet because again, I was not in a good place emotionally. I just wasn't yeah. ready to discuss it. And so I told him and he said, I deliberately am not going to bring this up. Like we're going to get like, he, well, this is after the fact. He's like, I deliberately didn't bring it up out of respect. And so he was so sweet. And I really appreciated that because like even that reference alone, I was, it was hardened with me. And then this little I'm glad one, your mom like read it first because well and yeah. and I kept I kept thinking I mean I you know didn't know your pup but mm-hmm. I kept picturing Angela's dog as I was reading it oh. I was like this is like kismet that this was like the book to read I I I loved it and I think it was a great tribute yeah I've been working on things for him I've also done some things where before he passed away, I had actually taken a mold of his nose. So now I have a necklace that's the mold of his nose. I love that. I have his paw print. I have the shadow box. I have his first toy as a yeah. shadow box frame in my room. So I've been doing all the things to honor him. Since I'm here in DC, I brought some books with me and I inscribed them saying, you know, donated in honor of Maximus Hart. Oh, so I love that. Oh yeah, I'll try and take some photos to share with y'all. But I was really concerned because again, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be emotional. So I was really glad we had a cozy companion, but it wasn't her sleuthing best friend duo. Like he was there, but he wasn't in enough scenes where I was a hot mess. I was okay reading this book. I was, I mean, I also will say I I've been, I've mentioned before, I've been working on cozy mysteries and one of the drafts that I did, I I named the dog. It was a Maltese. It's a Maltese. I had already made him in honor of Max. He had Max's personality, disposition, but I gave him a name from Lord of the Rings because I'm a fun nerd, (laughs) but I'm going to change it to, you know, reflect Max's name. So I'm thinking, is this going to look like I copied her? But I mean, I had the dog for almost 10 years. Like I was there first, right? No, you got the OG. You got the OG Maximus. (laughs) So I had that moment of like, they're not going to think I copied her, right? So this little, so maybe someday Max will have his own little book cover photo like this. So good inspiration. (laughs) I would love that. Manifest it, baby. What is it? The secret, like put it out into the world and it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Manifest it to be real. Before we dive in, I will say this, this woman, I'm going to say like, how do I do this? Like our little Miss Kelly here has had a very busy year and she's going to be doing some book signings and she actually has her novella to show y'all because she has it printed. It's out in the world. I myself have a copy and I was going to bring it with me to show y'all, but apparently I got one book down. <laughs> but- you're traveling. That's there's only so many books you can pack while traveling. I know that you're probably going to get more books while you're there. So mm-hmm. this is my book. It's called Mimi and Los Feliz or Los Feliz, depending on what part of LA you're from. And it's a, it's a quickie. It's a 150 page novella. It is a holiday rom-com with a plus size beauty and a redheaded Brit who owns a tea room in Los Angeles. So um, don't let that fool you though, because it's it's spicy. <laughs> well, we have the fun illustrated cover, so it comes across as so sweet and rom-com. <laughs> and I've got a little pup on the back of mine too. <laughs> we just need all of the dog references. And it's so funny because, so some of y'all have met Daisy. She's on the Instagram reels somewhere when she was a puppy puppy. She's a little bit bigger now. So I still have a Maltese in my life, 
but <laughs> it's just so cute because we need our dogs. We need our animal companions and our friends. And yes, I, I specifically got Daisy for Max, but we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> But you guys are so sweet. I was just looking at the comments. Like, I appreciate all of your watches. I mean, at least now I can talk about it before. I just, I couldn't even talk about it. I've been there. We, we've been there. Our family's been there. And I think anybody who's had a pet has, has been in that position and knows exactly what that feeling is. So you're not alone. Well, it's so, I mean, I was reading the grieving books about animals and then I was, I actually related more to the books that had to do with parents losing children because I thought of Max as my kid. So, you know, trying, but yeah. instead of taking up all of our time talking about this, I really <laughs> appreciate you guys listening. We do have our, a brush with murder Max, who is Chloe's Max. And what is, so what did you think of the book? Was it a win? Would the, are you going to read the second book in the series? I'm pitching it over to you. <laughs> okay. I'm a little divided on this one. I will say like, there are some things I really loved about this. Namely, I love that almost all of the characters were women and that they were mm-hmm. all business owners. Like I thought that was so cool. I loved that. And, and I mean, I think what's great about cozy mystery in general. And like, this is where I talk about this all the time on my podcast. There's a huge crossover between romance readers and cozy mystery Mm -hmm. and mystery readers. And I think a lot of it is because they clearly share a readership that's mostly women. And I love that by taking that into account, we read a lot more female characters in these books because we don't get to see that in a lot of other, a lot of other genres. So I, I loved that they were mostly women. They were mostly female entrepreneurs. I thought that was super cool. I liked this aspect of Artisan's Alley, which I thought great. Like, I mean, I would visit a place like Artisan's Alley. Like, could I live there? Absolutely not. There are too few people in this town for me to even consider living there. 439, although I wrote down, like, is it now 440 because she's moving there? (laughs) When I tell you, when they gave the population sign, that was the first highlight I made in the book and wrote down, absolutely not. And then what was funny to me is every time they would mention oh, there's so much traffic or like there's, this is the busiest time of day in the town square. I was like, for who? There's 400 people who live here. Like, what what are you talking about? Traffic, like there can't be traffic. But I mean, this is also coming from somebody who spent the better part of her life living in metropolitan cities. Like I live in Portland now. I've lived in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I lived in Chicago. I lived in Los Angeles. So 400 people, it's it's not for me. It's not for me. And I will say I did like it more as the book went on. Mm -hmm. I think I got much more interested in a lot of the characters as, as the story went on. And like everybody else, I was still guessing like for the mystery, like Mm -hmm. who's it going to be? Because in my mind, I approach mysteries with like a practical mindset of like, if this is going to be a series, you can't have the murderer be like somebody in the inner (laughs) friend group. So that's why to me, I was like, okay, it can't, it's obviously not, you know, the sisters, it's not going to be Megan, like Megan was too close to them. Even with like Ross, I was like, 
could be in like a different story, but I was like, no, we're setting up Ross to be part of the love triangle here. So like, Mm -hmm. can't be him. So it's kind of just like narrowing it down of like, here's what's left over. (laughs) And uh, so that's sort of how I approached it. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm seeing everybody's comments. I know I was nodding my head all along, like everything you said, because I I wrote down. So I I always feel like I'm going to mispronounce your name. Elise Brienne with her designs. I have one of her notepads and I use the entire notepad for all of my notes here. And I I literally took a each page is a different woman. I bought um, stickers and stuff from her before. Oh, I love her store. She has such great designs, mm-hmm. especially because most of them are floral. And, you know, again, we were talking before about female empowerment, like a female small business. It's great. But I was writing it down. So we have the healing touch, which is Penny. We have Megan with her scent, her scent shop. We have Sammy, who owns Quaint Decor. And we have Le Chic, the clothing store. Go fly a kite, which is again Gwen's, and she was one of our suspects. And then for sweets sake, the bakery. And my favorite note of all is it's four dollars per dozen for this bakery. Oh, I I didn't miss that either. Believe me, (laughs) anytime they mentioned like something money wise or like oh yeah, this is what goes on here, I was like, that that's okay. This is probably one of my main complaints about. You had to take a breath. You're like, we're, we're getting in this. It's well. Here's the thing. I when I critique something like the cozy mystery genre or romance or the romance genre, it's not that I'm doing it because I dislike it. It's it, I'm doing it because it's coming from a place of love and I want to see it grow and I want to see more people read it. And I think one of my main critiques of cozy mysteries is a lot of them tend to feel like they were written 20 years ago. And what I mean is like, I love that they're young. I love that a lot of these women, I think that is a good change that's happened in the last few years is the main characters, instead of being Jessica Fletcher's who are like retired busy buddies who we love, we love, like don't oh, get me wrong. One of my um, shirts here is a pullover with Jessica Fletcher's face on it. I am yes. planning to wearing that to one of the author signings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your sleuth representative. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, I love that. But I also have really enjoyed that in the last few years, I've been starting to read cozies where they're, they're in their late twenties, they're in their early thirties. And they're usually single women who are either fresh from a divorce or unlucky in love, you know, whatever it might be. And this is no exception. I will say I don't know if they always read as the most accurate depiction of like what she's supposed to be 26. Yeah. And I can tell you, this is not, at least in my worldview and my experience, this is not any 26 year old like that I I've known where they've, they've gone to the big city and to pursue the arts that makes sense to me, but then kind of like retreating home after a couple of years and then coming to small, small town America, you know, I, I don't know. It just, I, I feel like sometimes you can tell that the person who's writing the book, and I notice this in romance too, is ro- writing about something that's not really their lived experience. And so it feels a little 
a little false. Oh, I did. Yeah, I so did I was looking because I made a note of that too. Because so that's actually I actually it says Lollapalooza on my note. Yes, um, because I was doing the math with that one, and also how did he know Lady Gaga's costume from that year? I mean, unless he has an identic memory, I and but again, I was thinking, okay, maybe if we backdate this, it can work. But there are Zoom references. And, and I I have to say, I love the reference to Lollapalooza. That was one of the things where, regardless of if the timing works out, because I don't think it does, I, I was like, you know what? This is cool, though. This is like a reference that people know. They're making like a connection about music. This is something that people would have a conversation about. I liked that that was very much... It also helps that I lived in Chicago. So like, I know... I know Lollapalooza. It, maybe Coachella would have been a different reference, you know. But I mean, it's it's just like some things feel dated, but they shouldn't be because this book came out two years ago. So hmm. that's just that. It's just something that I I I notice a lot more, especially now that I'm writing and I'm very cognizant of when I'm putting in things in my book that I'm like. Is this is this something that like I'm thinking about as a 30 something or is this like is this like a, a shared thing amongst 30 somethings? You know, like so and I know not everybody's experience is the same. And Vanessa points out a, a trope that I actually am not a fan of in general. <laughs> and, and that's just and I think it's because I am from a small town. Well, no, she's from a small town. I'm from a town of 80,000 people, which to me is small. <laughs> and, and I've lived in cities and I can't, I kind of get a little tired of like this idea of like, you tried to do it in the big city and the big city like broke you down. So you moved back to the small town. And I know people do that. And I know people love living in small towns, but I just, I'm seeing it time and time again. And I'm like, we can do something different. It's so <laughs> funny that you're talking about this because at the Pop Culture Association, the panel I moderated, one of the women who was presenting actually talked about this as one of the main go-to tropes. She had two examples of women who were trying to work on their own, be financially independent, and then they're they end up with the prince if they were both royal examples she was going with yeah. all of her financial woes were were gone so it was interesting to hear her do the academic breakdown of the symbolism and tropes and the representations because it's true i mean i remember you posted or reach or you retweeted someone who said well it's christmas season so all you big city boyfriends are about to get broken up and don't. i mean they're gonna leave this city and go marry the local mayor or something like there's a reason i wrote a book and i'm writing a whole series that takes place in los angeles because mm-hmm. it's it's where especially a lot of younger people move to that it's um, (laughs) Lilith Fair. Oh my God, I would have died if it was Lilith Fair. But it's, I did a whole panel discussion about this of like small town versus big city romance. Because when in doubt, if you are reading like cozier, cozy mysteries or even like cozier romances, small Mm -hmm. town romances, most of the time it's the woman who's leaving the big city and she's leaving behind everything, her life, her apartment, her job, all of that in the big city 
for a relationship, uh, for, you know, this, this more kind of like, um, stable, safe environment at home yeah. in a small town or, or to be with a man. And so it's just something that bothers me a little bit. And it's, it's, I notice it more and more in the last few years, probably because I'm a single woman who lives in the yeah. city and would never do that. So <laughs> that's my own personal bias for sure. Like working it's, way into that. Well, I think the reason for me it stuck out was because she was only 26 and she's the older sister. That's the other thing I had to keep reminding myself is Izzy opening the business somehow made her seem like the older sister or the more put together sister, but they are both living in their parents' house. And I think it was Izzy who made reference to Megan and her business going under and needing to move back in with her parents. But they used young too. (laughs) but they justified it as well we both went out in the world a little bit before we came back and so it was interesting to me that the uh, the author had multiple women across you know this age bracket living with their parents because it was interesting I just I was curious at first when Chloe was there because she was just visiting although we Mm -hmm. all kind of read between the lines of yeah she's going to be here long term I was wondering where she was going to end up and so it looks like they're all just going to be living under one one roof (laughs) yeah yeah and everybody I mean they mentioned how you know a lot of them went to school together so like Mm -hmm. I'm terrible with names but like Hunter he's also that means he's in like his mid-20s he's younger than her that's the other thing how is he the detective the lead (laughs) detective see this is this is where we cross into like hallmark tv land of just like this idea that you can be at this point but and again i i recognize that things are different in the small town versus big city life and everything maybe there's something more to chloe leaving new york than just her breakup with ross I was waiting for that. Mm. That was the other thing was I was like, she keeps talking about how this all went wrong with Ross and like, she didn't make it in this gallery career. And I'm like, okay, what happened? Like, and, and I was I kept, waiting for that too. Someone above mentioned that maybe we'll get more of the backstory as the series. Maybe. Because I think it was mentioned before and I, I apologize because there are quite a few comments. I know I'm not gonna be able to find it right this Yeah, time. y'all are like really going at it. I love it. Amazing. But Ross, she broke up with him because he was putting too much time and energy into his job. And again, for me, I'm thinking, well, he's got to be young like you because you mentioned that you guys are in similar age bracket. So he's probably in the law firm trying to establish himself. Maybe he wants to become a partner. I'm thinking he has a reason for putting in all these hours. Plus, if he's doing the type of law that she alludes to wanting to send Sammy to go, <laughs> to go to him. He's defending people, which is not right. a nine to five job. I felt badly that she broke up with him. I mean, yes, he was being very peculiar, sending the mother, what, three different bou- bouquets, like bouquets with 12 dozen roses, three things of chocolate. So he's very persistent. But when we come to cozy mysteries, I think I got used to, oh, he cheated on me. Oh, he left me yeah. for the younger woman. I was so surprised how it was just a matter of him being a workaholic. And I was waiting for the, he missed our anniversary because he was too busy right. with this stupid case that meant nothing to anyone. Yeah. I wanted more information about the workaholic. Like what was the work he was doing? Yeah. And I actually, decide. <laughs> I'm not opposed to there being like this love triangle with an ex where the ex isn't a bad guy. Like I actually like that. Cause I will say one of the other tropes that I'm just kind of sick of is like the demonized 
ex. Like it's, they're usually a cheater or they did something awful or the main character makes them out to be like they did something awful when really they didn't. And it's like, I, I like that we're adding in like, he's the ex, but he's not a bad guy. Like they, they broke up, but also, you know, we don't, we don't really know much more there, but like, I was also confused because I feel like, and maybe I missed something. Please let me know if I did, but between her and Hunter, which I feel like, again, it's kind of the go-to for cozy mysteries is like the love interest is usually the town cop. So that was my immediate thought was I was like, great. Okay. Here comes love interest. But didn't, didn't Izzy allude to like how they had a history. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of, I ruled that out then at that point, Mm -hmm. because it, you know, they, she at least was picking up on the fact that her sister had some kind of history with Hunter. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to be Izzy's like love interest. Okay. But then by, by like more of the last third of the book, they made it very clear that like there was some tension and flirting and blushing going on with him. And Izzy also was kind of like, oh, he likes you. And so I, I don't know. It kind of felt like two different subplots to me where I was like, I'm confused. Was the first half written with him being intended to be the love interest for Izzy? And then we just kind of moved beyond that. So I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who was a little confused about that (laughs) I'm right there with you because at first I thought oh Hunter's gonna be there for the sister and he's not gonna want to make her the suspect because he has feelings for her but I think they were kind of going near the end with the whole there's a very fun line between love and hate because she really I mean Chloe did not hold back she really went to town on Hunter a few times she she was almost hostile at some points I mean she didn't like being the, the suspect even though technically speaking even though she claims to have watched a lot of a lot of murder mystery tv programs yeah you would be a suspect you found the body you were the first one on the scene right she did not like being a suspect and she blamed him for being the suspect but they definitely had chemistry near the end and I was actually kind of really liking the fact he's a year younger than her it's not much of an age difference between the woman and the male but I like the fact that it wasn't oh we have this age gap between the man and the woman yes we see that all the time I just liked it the fact that he was younger than her it wasn't really mentioned it's just the fact that he was in the sister's grade and so I did the math um yeah (laughs) easy math but I thought it was cute Fine. And in fact, it's so funny. One of my favorite Hallmark Christmas movies has Mariah Carey in it and Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls. And <laughs> I know Brennan, exactly the movie you're talking about. And Brennan Elliott. But I, but one of the things I like about that movie is like, she doesn't remember him from high school. Not Mariah mm-hmm. Carey. Like she's not really part of it, but like Gretchen Wieners doesn't remember him from high school. Cause he was like kind of the nerdy band guy. And like, he's like, oh, she was like the cool girl. So obviously I knew her. I'm like, I like that dynamic. I like the like nerd grown up, uh, had like the glow up kind of thing. And like, now they have sort of a thing. Yeah. Oh, Christmas melody. See, look, I don't even know what it's called. I just, I watch it every year, but I call it the Gretchen Wieners, Mariah Carey (laughs) Christmas movie. (laughs) That was actually, I was, so again, I'm going to show my bias here when it comes to Killer Chardonnay. Oh. We had, we had the detective who was 
apparently a little bit of a stoner when he was in high school. We find out in the book series he had a bad upbringing, but now he's the detective. I was rooting for him as the love interest. That's what I'm saying when I say my <laughs> reveal, my bias. But I liked that. And so this kind of gave me Killer Chardonnay vibes going, oh, yeah, you know, you're going back to your hometown and you're meeting someone who you thought you knew, but clearly they've grown up a little bit since then, which mm-hmm. I would like to think people have grown up and not stayed that high school cut out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, God, I hope so. Yeah, I just... It, it's again, it's just, uh, especially with like him, I saw somebody else mentioned it in the comments, but they're like, I wish he hadn't, like the love interest wasn't uh, like a, a cop. And mm-hmm. I, I'm with you in that. I, I just feel again, it just feels, I get that there's a formula to cozy mysteries. There's a formula to romance, 100%. But I just, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know why we're recycling a lot of the same tropes and characters over and over again when there's other people who are writing like entirely like I'm a huge fan of um is it Mia Manansala's uh cozies the arsenic and adobo and everything I love those because I'm like oh my god they take place in the city you've got you know this family especially representing like a different culture and I just it's Mm -hmm. It just shows you like there's so many things that like you can do with it. And I know that that's newer to Cozy Mystery. I know that that's still not necessarily the norm, but like I would love to see more of that. So it's not just small town, lots of festivals, cop love interest, weird, you know, collection of character. I mean, I love them. I love, don't get me wrong. I love, I love the collection of the, um, of the weird, you know, quirky neighbors and business owners like that. That's great. And what I loved about this place was the artisan alley and the mention of the floating stage, like on the lake. I thought that was so cool. I was like, I would, I would love to go to a concert on a on a floating <laughs> stage. Like that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up my note because you just reminded me of something when it came to the book but I'm not finding it at this at this moment because I love everything you're saying you just did remind me though of Fresh Brewed Murder because it takes place in Portland oh I read it yep yep and then I saw it mentioned before Raquel V. Reyes she's actually here at Malice I'm gonna be talking to her later if you guys have questions for her let me know and I'll ask during the interview so there are some books that are working on it, but it is a slow change. But when it, I know what my note was going to be, the law enforcement, I made a note of this because I thought this character was going to come up again. And there were multiple characters whose names were in the book that were only in that single scene and totally thrown because there was the lighthouse preservation guy whose name I wrote down for no apparent reason. But at the very, very beginning, we had a CSI tech who she thought was very, very cute. I thought he was going to be at the next murder scene somewhere down the line. If there was a next murder scene or he was going to be the one to find the evidence or something. Mm-hmm. I was just so struck because she was thinking, oh, I think his name was Antonio. And that's why I was Antonio. trying to look up the note. But she was so attracted to him that we never see him again. And I was so happy in that moment thinking, oh, we've got a CSI guy. OK, this is different. How much cooler would that be to like no shade to Hunter because I love his taste in music, but how much cooler would that be that it's like she foregoes the head detective because she's into the nerdy CSI guy? Like that, 
that would be so hot. Like that would be so hot. I would be so into that. I mean, I've seen CSI and I was thinking, what's his name? Nick. He was such a potential book boyfriend material inspiration there. I'm thinking, oh, you could do that. This The science guy and he'll be able yes. to help you with the clues and the sleuthing. Yes. I was writing this book in my head that I was going to predict and that was not where this was going at all. But I, I did make a note of that because that. I was thinking maybe we got someone different from the detective. But Hunter, I liked him because I'm one I of like my I made a note of this because I realized this after the fact. Yes, technically one of the times he went there to pull a suspect, but he made it to all of the art events. He went to every single painting event. So I kind of got to give him a little bit of props for that because he went everywhere she wanted him or needed him or wanted support. So even though he's the head detective and we're falling in line with our cozy mystery tropes that are reoccurring, I still liked him, even though it's... I will, I will say, I, I genuinely could not tell at the beginning if he was going to be a good, like a good at his job or not, because like the first, (laughs) the first few encounters we have with him, he asks the dumbest questions. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, is this not going to be a love interest? Is this going to be like the stupid sheriff in town kind of thing? Because we see that that's a trope too. A lot of the times Mm -hmm. is like, oh, they have to solve the crimes themselves because like the cops can't do it and they're, you know, making mistakes all over the place. I mean, again, murder, she wrote, case in point. But I don't know, it just, it's again, it was like, there were things all over that I was like, where are we going with this? And then like the next chapter, gone. Like we'd be on to something, something new. And, uh, oh, somebody said I would read it where the love interest was the coroner. I was just, I would would read that too. (laughs) You actually just revealed what I had planned in the book. (laughs) That's actually what I did for the, for the, again, the manuscript that I told you I've been working on. He's he's one of said love interests. (gasps) I love (laughs) it. Well, and let me tell you, I, I see a lot of people also saying like, they love there to be some sort of like romance subplot. Mm -hmm. And I I agree that it should be a subplot because if it was the main plot, it would be a romance. It wouldn't be a cozy mystery. I'm looking forward to your corner. But I was like, we're on the same wavelength. I was like, Vanessa, shout out. Yes. (laughs) I will say I did. uh, I hosted I do these monthly panels now on YouTube called Tit Talk because my podcast is called Boobies and Newbies. We do not stray away from a boob pun by any means. But we just during this past panel, we somehow cozy mysteries came up and we all decided we were like we need the crossover between cozy mysteries and spicy romance we need like cozy mysteries but make them hot or we need romance but add in a fun mystery not not suspenseful not a thriller but like a fun small town or not mystery where people also get it on and I was like yes I feel like this is an untapped market so if anybody out there is like I need a writing project do it please (laughs) please do it because I I really do think I really do think people would like it (laughs) No, I was thinking, I know Tessa Bailey, one of her books was Killer Vacation or something. I think that mm-hmm. did relatively well in regards to sales too. So apparently maybe there there is a another, I was going to say subgenre within a subgenre or a combination yeah. of subgenres. Spicy cozies, like cozy, cozy, 
cozy with a with fire i don't know <laughs> lorenzo the csi game i've been looking for the snow for for the last I don't lorenzo know not antonio there wasn't antonio though i don't i'm never gonna find that note i mean the notes are all out of order i'm never gonna find it but his name yeah. was lorenzo that was a totally adhd type of moment there but i i that was gonna bug me i needed to find out his name and i knew so I run it. me run me through your order of guesses of who you thought did it so as the notes i was i was trying to find that one so badly <laughs> i was going all throughout this i was all over the map because when it comes to mysteries if someone is given a description or a first and last name not just a first name like oh you're a common person that i see on the street like you're someone i just interact with you're an acquaintance versus you got the first and last name they're inside your house you know them but we had people who were dropping off food at the beginning because you found the dead body therefore condolences to you and we're going to feed you. And then we have the neighbor who Nell Simpson <laughs> thought Sammy left with a slim, small woman with a slight build with the dark you know, hair that was cropped or blob right above the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so again, we have Nell Simpson, her name's there. I'm thinking she's important. Did she lie or something? I was all too. over the place. I just, I could not figure that one out because there were a lot of red herrings, but they all made sense. And yeah. I actually, I feel as if I'm going to, I, at first I must've missed the the pronoun usage because I thought Theo was going to be a man at first. And I feel badly thinking that because I know there are women whose names are James. I know there's Taylor, which is gender neutral. Yeah. But- I was actually so excited for a second because when Theo's husband had passed away, I'm thinking, oh, we have a gay character represented. I was so pumped. And then I realized it was a woman. I'm going, oh, that was- um, but also I would not have loved if like the one queer oh, character yeah. was the murderer. Like no, I that no. would not have been okay. No, no, no. But it took me a second because like what I'm trying to get at is like, I didn't register our killer at all. Like I didn't Yeah. Like totally, because the only thing I had made the note of at first w- that I was annoyed with <laughs> was the fact that the grand opening was going to be postponed and Izzy was going to lose her thousand dollar print ad because that's a very expensive print ad for a very small town, by the way. Um, yeah. It, the money value there, I'm kind of questioning. Doesn't make sense. Not in a town <laughs> where a dozen bagels cost four dollars. No. no. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I was kind of questioning the thousand dollars, but then Theo said, okay, I'll, I'll let you roll it over and you can place the ad later on. And in which case I'm thinking, oh, Theo's not a bad person. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But again, I, it didn't even register. I didn't even know, again, if, if Theo was a man or a woman at first. So that first interaction, like clearly did not make an impact on me as, oh, potential suspect. My, my mystery cap was apparently tilted or off, whatever. I just did not, did not see that right off from the get-go. Later on came across as a little creepy, but even then, those interactions, not too much because yeah. I wasn't in a lot of scenes. I I first picked out Willow. That was and my it, first. And it wasn't even like the Willow Grayson thing that came out <laughs> later. It was just like, she's new to town. Anybody who's usually new mm-hmm. is a little more expendable. They usually yeah. have like some past that like is going to come out, you know? And, and then mm-hmm. when, uh, when we met Grayson, it kind of the same thing. I was like, okay. But I, by the time we learned about the two of them and like their scheme, I think we had already 
had the interaction with Theo where she had talked about how her husband had died like mm-hmm. years ago and she yeah. had taken over the newspaper. And I was like, oh, nope, that's it. She did it. Like that, that was literally the clinching moment for me. Cause again, from reading all of the mysteries and watching all of my acorn shows, specifically Midsummer Murders and Broken Wood Mysteries. Those are my two go-tos. Anytime there's like a death of somebody mentioned from the past mm. and it was under mysterious circumstances, usually there's some kind of callback to that. Like there, there's something that new information is going to be revealed or, ooh, we got it wrong. So now we're going to reveal who did it. That's immediately where my mind went. I was like, it has something to do with Theo, Theo's dead husband, and maybe new information about that. So by the time she talked about her dead husband, I was like, that's it. That's that's the one right there. So I was looking for some of the notes to put them in order because even though that totally did register, I thought that was going to be a clue to help with, oh, maybe there's a sim- similarity and we'll have that light bulb moment of, oh, this is how I make the connection. Sure. I was looking at, for some reason, I was trying to play, again, when I was the sleuthing game, for some reason, I went down the path of, well, maybe Izzy had to meet this art collector who's asking her to do the Rembrandt because they need her out of the the place for some reason. And so yeah. I was wondering, oh, is he connected to something? And again, we never actually really get this guy's name, but I was trying so hard to make the connection of, well, of course, it's late at night and this is the only time that I can meet. There's something suspicious about that. So I was really, I'm, I was looking down. So even then we have Charlie Wales, who's the lighthouse preservation. We have Jake and Penny, who had been dating for 10 years. We have Sarah, who was the old lady, apparently. That's my note. Or I should have wrote older lady interested in painting, but didn't understand that she wasn't selling tickets on the side who didn't have Wi-Fi <laughs> and her, and she was with someone named Marcy. So I'm reading down all these names. They yeah. throw on that page away. I'm like, they had nothing to do with anything. So I had my list of suspects that kept growing. And then I had all these sub characters who were just <laughs> mentioned and then never brought back around thinking, Oh, maybe they work for the art collector. And, and I also want to say a brush with murder. I kind of thought, Maybe the paintbrush will be involved somehow. I mean, yes, it's a painting knife, but gotcha. that's why I was trying to think like, oh, it's got to be someone relating to like related to the world of painting because of the title and they're in the art world. So, yeah. I mean, our killer hadn't, she, she wasn't crafty. I mean, different type of crafty. I saw somebody bring that up earlier though, where it's like, I think they were kind of saying not only her, but just uh, Chloe, right? It's a lot of um, characters, like at least the main characters, they're always kind of like floundering. Not always, because I mean, we do have people like, well, I was going to say Hannah Swenson, but even then she's like never working either. Like, but it's usually like they have Mm -hmm. this local business and like, they're never there. They're just like out, whatever. And, but so like, I never really could get a read on, on Chloe. Like, I didn't even necessarily believe her like wanting to stay there in the end and like run this shop with her sister because it just never felt like that was her passion by any means that I was like, okay, so I, I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure because there's a second book that's out Mm -hmm. at this point. Right. And so I'm sure Mm -hmm. like people who, um, I, I noticed a few people had said they had already started book two or already read book two, but I feel like the first book in a lot of series, which I know is what you guys read for book club 
-hmm. is usually meant to set up a lot of backstory and a lot about like our characters, like how they got here. And so I'm always doubtful of like heading into book two, expecting more backstory. I, I feel like that's why a lot of times I'll start with book two is like, because we're just all speed ahead from, well, sometimes with book one, it, it feels like it's less about the mystery and more about just meeting the characters. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like, you have to really love the characters to like be able to stick with it because otherwise if you're trying to read a mystery and there's barely any mystery happening, you might be disappointed. So yeah, she had to warm up to the idea of co-owner. Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting. I think they're a good match, the two sisters to have this business together. I don't know if I'm if I'm in it enough to continue with it, but I will say it did get better as the story went on. And so um I'd be curious to hear more about <laughs> the next books in the series. <laughs> I will say though, I thought there were some cute moments, although I, I agree. I still don't entirely understand the Minnie and Mickey Mouse costumes with the paint shop, but I still what the heck was you. that? What I was that? that was cute. I, I mean, it was still a cute idea and inclusion. I mean, I but I, why I don't Mickey and Minnie? Minnie. <laughs> why? Why Mickey and Minnie? Like it just I don't see. This is the thing: is there were so many great things in there, but there was no explanation for why. Like there was no. Mm-hmm thought maybe there was a thought and we just didn't get it but it's like it just didn't make sense to me like to me I was like reading this from the romance perspective where Mm -hmm. I'm like oh this is the perfect opportunity for her to be in like a super silly costume and to run into her love interest and like be embarrassed and she does she runs into both of the guys Mm -hmm. Ross and Hunter during that scene and I was like Mm -hmm. perfect if this was a romance mission accomplished that is what this scene was for but also why all the hiccuping? Did they never explain that? Because I, I noticed that too. And I was like, did they explain it? And I just like missed it. No. So on Instagram, I asked people to submit their questions or things they want or things they wanted to talk about for the live stream. And that was one of the questions. And someone said, what's going on with the hiccuping? And I posted that to the Instagram stories and the responses were a nervous tick anxiety okay. manifesting so I understand what it was supposed to be in representation of but I mean that's a very unusual quirk when it comes to anxiety projecting and itself like, here's the thing I love I love that we again I love that we're including characters now who maybe have anxiety depression like any sense of neurodiversity like within our books and I don't want to make that their entire plot point like I don't want it to be mm-hmm. like this whole lengthy explanation about why she, why is he hiccups and everything. However, I feel like it could have been a sentence. Like it could have been a quick, like, oh, she's been doing this since she was a kid when she gets nervous. Done. Like, I, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. It just, there were a few things like that, that just kind of felt like this doesn't necessarily not make sense, but I'm waiting for like, why it makes sense and I feel like it never it never came so I was looking for it so the SOS I think Izzy's personality was supposed to be the built-in part because Mm -hmm. she's a lightsaber because she she is an anxious person so she always has to be on the on the lookout she's ready at a moment's notice and then 
the other clue was she never forgets her list because she's so organized and a type A personality. So I think that the two clues at the very end was the culmination of understanding of Izzy. Although I, I kind of wanted more of that to be expanded upon, or maybe it will be expanded upon in the next book or later on in the series. But I think her personality was what was what we were supposed to take away because if she didn't pick up on those clues at the end, we would have said goodbye to Chloe. (laughs) But again, this is another thing that this is another example, kind of like the Hunter Izzy versus Hunter Chloe thing that doesn't Mm -hmm. add up for me because if she's so type A and she's all about her list and she has to be in charge and like make sure everything is like, you know, lined up to perfection, she very quickly in the beginning is like, I'm not going to go to my event. You're going to have to run it. And I was like, this is a woman opening a business like this. She's opening a business. She's putting on this grand event as like the opening to her business. And she's just piecing out and like handing off the reins to her sister and her assistant like that. That doesn't align for me. Like I'm a type A person. I am not good about giving up control like that to people. And if I, regardless of what the thing was, Mm -hmm. regardless of if somebody was in trouble or if it was my, um, my parents needs it, you know, whatever it might be, I would have canceled rather than hand over reins to somebody else. <laughs> like, it just, I don't know. I was also kind of perplexed about their shop a little bit. So I paint as sort of an outlet. I love painting flowers. I find it very therapeutic. And oh. I, I'm pretty good at it, actually. I'm, uh, But only flowers. I could not paint a person. I can only do landscape sort of situations. Love it. Flowers. Um, maybe that's also why I like Elise Brienne designs, because I, I'm on her with that level of painting the flowers. But I didn't understand if the shop was just going to be for those sort of events or if they were also selling paintings that they themselves did, or they were selling painting products. Yeah. I want to know more about the store itself. And I was also kind of confused about the pet event that they did because they sketched out the pet for the people. So it was just going to be a matter of kind of painting it in almost like a full on. Okay. You're just going to have you, have you been to like a paint night event? Not in person. No. Okay. And I was kind of curious about that because I was going to bring this up. The only one that I know of that was not fictional, AKA a part of a television show, or I found out about online. Someone mentioned that they went to one and she's a fellow romance reader and she loves her pirate romances. So she wanted to paint a pirate ship because they were all painting the ocean. And she got on her phone to pull up a pirate ship because she wanted to see what the skull looked like with the ship and everything else. And apparently the teacher called her out for it because she was on the phone and she got in became a huge big thing. And she goes, this is what I wanted to do. And then the teacher 10 minutes later finally realized, oh, you are a good student. And so that was the only one, like, that's the only thing I've really heard about in person. <laughs> and it so, wasn't a positive experience. I've been to probably a dozen paint nights. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I, I will say that is something that I was like, oh, I think this is like really cool that this is like the idea that they're doing. And all yeah. the things she would mention I was like, oh yeah, the the portrait, the pet portrait. Yeah, for sure. I've never done one, but I know that that's one that people do. Um, I saw people put in like paint night, paint and yeah. sip. Like there's a bunch of different ones, but generally it's usually that there's an instructor, like we see mm-hmm. in the book, doing a guided, like, do this first, do this. Yeah. This one doesn't sound like it's open constantly. How much do they charge for events? <laughs> it's at least the ones that I've been to, I think they say in the book, they're charging like 40 bucks for 
Oh, for nice. an event. And that's actually pretty comparable with, I think the paint night events I've been to are usually between like 40 and 50 bucks. Well, you got to pay and the you, canvas, the paint. It, it makes yes. sense to me. And I will say the one thing that I was like, I thought was weird was I was like, oh, but they're doing it in a shop. There's no food or drink there. Cause usually they do it at like a, um, at a business, like they'll partner with like a restaurant or a bar yeah. or a cafe or something. And then that way the business is getting money mm-hmm. and everything. So it was more of like a BYOB kind of thing, which I was like, I would go to this business. I would 100% go to this business to like bring yeah. drinks, paint things with friends. Like it's, it's definitely fun. So I highly recommend if you haven't done it. I would love to do one. I just don't think I've had one in my area. I think when painting became more prominent in my crafting world, it was probably a little bit during COVID. I mean, I've always loved painting flowers, but sure. again, I'm in the hotel room, so I can't just hold something up. Maybe I'll share it on Instagram or maybe I have a photo and I can pull it from there and share with on the stories for y'all. But I was just kind of confused by that because at first I'm going, well, if you're there to isn't this supposed to be your interpretation? I think I was kind of coming at it from the point of view is it's an art class and it's your interpretation and we're going to see the same thing, but we're all going to get differently. Oh, oh, you look so happy. That came out that's, really cute. Yeah, that's my winter, my winter owl painting. I love it. If you guys aren't following her, please check out her Instagram because she has, she has two. So she has her personal one and then she has her podcast one, which is linked right here. If I can do, can I, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. I know directions. <laughs> It's like yeah. stage left, stage right, the actual oh, left. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it turned out. I feel like I feel like this is my friend Owen who went with me. I feel oh, like this was so probably cute. my most successful one. And I I only put it out during the holidays. I like hang it up yeah. on the wall during the holidays. But um, <laughs> yeah, I most of them aren't good. Like, ask me where most of mine are. The recycling bin. Like, I mean, it's not like that you end up putting it up for a couple months. And then when you move where you're like, Oh, I got a nice piece of art. What do I need to take down? It's the first to go, or you put it in the bathroom. You know, I mean, it's, and I know people are much more talented than I am when it comes to (laughs) painting. So I think you would like it. And um, yeah, highly recommend. But anyway, I thought that oh, no, was now cool I, I gotta go do those event right or was is this event tribe or something. I'm gonna have to go yeah. look and see the area. I definitely think it's something I would be interested in. I do have a couple of those paint by numbers, but I always want to change the paint because I picture it differently. Maybe I just don't oh, like okay. how to do my painting. It may, uh, just me, but <laughs> I, I still mean, think I, it was fun. I maybe it's the way you want. Oh no, I think we, I think it sounds fun. I just didn't expect everyone to have the exact same painting, but now that you showed me, it makes total sense. They tell you they're like, oh, if you if you don't want to paint this, like I know this is what we're doing a guided demonstration of, but like if you want to paint something different, we've got like a book of ideas that you can look at or you can just paint. But then it's like if you're going to just paint, I don't know why you would pay money to like go there and have somebody like guiding you when you could just like have the things at home True. and paint. Um, so, but um, yeah, I know you're, you're in the Massachusetts area now, right? Yeah. Oh no, I was just looking because I, again, that we're talking about art. And so I was trying to pull up the note because the parents are such art lovers. I thought they were, yeah, they were really interesting. I have to say, I, I actually kind of liked 
what their characters were, that it's like they were kind of these trust fund, but like also art yuppies. Like, I mean, it was just, it was kind of like this weird generational thing where I was like, okay, like they have all their money, so they don't really have to work, but they also have the luxury of not having to work. And like, they eat super vegan and like go on these boat trips and adventures. And I'm just like, I feel like I haven't seen that character in uh, a cozy mystery or um, romance novels. Even like, I feel like it's usually like if they're rich or they're trust fund, we have a very idea. We have a very specific idea of like what trust fund looks like um, on the page. And so I did appreciate that that was a little bit different and not that I loved them, but I, I I was still like, I like that this is different. Like this isn't what I would have expected from, um, you know, their parents who, by the way, if they're trust fund, but like the kids are only like 24, 25, 26, like they could also still be like in their forties. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, it's not, I wasn't really sure where that was, but um, yeah, I, I did think that was interesting for them to be all about art, but not commodifying art. Well, we're talking, so again, one of the things that came to mind and I wanted to go back to, because we were talking about the painting classes, a lot of the characters were very artistic. Yeah. <clears throat> so we had the women with their shops, they were making their candles, they were making their kites. And Willow, even though we find out about her, complicated history and relationships she was very helpful making the sketches and being a part of that so even yeah. though it was all over the place in her youth she was still doing things that were creative and then even our very questionable Grayson character he was a sculptor so he was doing another type of art so I was just looking at the little notes because so many of the characters were taking part in a expression a creative expression so but going back to the parents I think the mom was our food element for the cozy mystery because she was the pancakes, the quinoa, the blueberry muffins with walnuts. And then she put together the tea care package with ginseng and rum raisin biscotti. So the mother was our food, <laughs> our cozy food person. <laughs> so yeah, well, and, and that's cooking's an art too. Like, I mean, so I, I love yeah. that there's all facets of art in this. In fact, I feel like the one thing that was missing art wise was like theater, but they, but they do, you know, say that there's like the place where they do music on the concerts and everything. But yeah, I, I, I thought that was really cool that you've got all different kinds of art, including cooking. No, I just wanted to bring that up because I do like the fact that the characters tied into the title of the book. I mean, sometimes you'll have a title and you'll, you'll have that moment of what there's no, why is it called this? this? Yeah. For sure. In fact, I feel like even one of the past ones that we've done together was like that. I can't remember what, mm. which one though. Oh no. It's just every so often, even if it's mostly, for me, it's a lot of the times when it's a title reminiscent of something. If yeah. it's a Pride and Prejudice reference, you better have a Pride and Prejudice reference in that book. Otherwise, no. I'm kind of, <laughs> you're, that's so funny because like I'm doing a three book series, right? In my holidays in LA and all of the titles are a combination of Christmas movie titles and a neighborhood in Los Angeles and where it's set. 
But I, I was very specific. I was like, the first one's called Mimi and Los Feliz. The second book is called Venice. Actually, I was like, is it about love? Actually, absolutely not. Like it has nothing to do with love. Actually, it's just, is like Christmas movie that we know the title of in a part of Los Angeles. Like, so, I mean, I do understand the punny titles and like the, you know, the witty references and everything, but I am with you as a reader. I will also read things and be like, that had nothing to do with the title. Like, or, you know, I, I, I totally taken care of in just one line of dialogue. It could just yes. be matter of, I watched love actually last night on Netflix. I mean, and then I'd be satisfied. It just has to have some sort of reference. It doesn't have to be a part of the plot. It just has to be yeah. a, even if it's a throwaway piece of dialogue just to get two characters talking, that's fine. But yeah. I mean, I just, I, I like this book all tied in with the artistic vibes because some of the time I've mentioned this in an Instagram story when I was trying to talk about tonight's live stream. Uh, there are only a couple cozy mysteries that incorporate art that I know about I, or oh. artistic characters. But I like the fact that we had more than just the, the heroine or our protagonist being the creative one. Usually they're the creative one and everyone else is doing their own sort of thing. I yeah. like almost a community of creative individuals. <laughs> yeah. The creatives and the fact that it's mostly women and mostly mm-hmm. female entrepreneurs. That's probably my favorite thing. Like this would be a book that I would recommend to people if they were like, hey, I really... I want something with like the artist vibes. I'd be like this one. And then also I'm looking for like an almost all female ensemble. Like, and I think this would be one that I would for sure recommend for that alone, especially because they're younger too. I'm like, I love that they're all, not all of them, but most of them, like all of the main ones are definitely under 30. So I, (laughs) I I do like that. I do think that is more rare for cozy mysteries. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we are starting to see younger characters for sure. So when you mentioned the female characters, I made a note of this because I realized, so yes, Sammy was a potential suspect. We're wondering about what's going on with her shop. She's in business with some bad people and she runs away. But I really liked it at the end when she called Chloe and apologized and wanted to be on good terms with her. So it reminded me of the remake of Ocean's 8 where they're trying to do this heist and all of a sudden the woman they're trying to con is like, I want to be a part of this because I want to be Sammy wanted to have a good relationship with Chloe. It wasn't a matter of, oh, I'm just going to move on to somebody else. This is a throwaway person or something. I mean, I liked the fact that Sammy called and wanted to make it right with Chloe, even though she blew her off at one point. So it reminds me too of the whole (laughs) women supporting women. It's not, we're in competition. We're the business here. Our customers aren't going to go to this one. I liked that they were all supporting one another and still wanted to have that camaraderie. So I made a note of Sammy calling her at the end. So it wasn't just they were female characters. They were supporting one another. They brought over the food for condolences, even though technically they weren't the ones who lost somebody, but they they were trying to take care of them, which was sweet. So even Izzy being friends with Megan, I was kind of surprised when she called her the BFF because I thought the sister was going to be the BFF, but she was friends with another store owner. Yeah, no, which I do. I do like, and I, I am liking that. I think the author is very clearly setting up relationships to exist beyond book one, like that mm-hmm. she's kind of setting the foundation for 
romantic relationships and, you know, just platonic friendships. And I did think it was interesting. I, I glanced at my phone to see the poll that you have up about who would you pick, Hunter or Ross? And I think it's really interesting that it's pretty much 50-50 divided because I I can kind of see going either way. My instinct tells me it's going to be Hunter just again because that's sort of what it usually is. But part of me is like, I would love to see it be Ross. I, but again, this is, just, this is coming from somebody who... I want to buck from tradition. I want to see, I want to see different characters. I want to see different locations. I want to see tropes play out in different ways. I want to see challenging of the systems and for, for both romance, cozy mystery, everything. And I realize that that will turn off a lot of people. And I think it will also bring in a lot of new people to read things when they read it and they're like, wow, that's not really how I expected that to go. I mean, the whole reason I started Boobies and Newbies was to read romance novels with newbie romance readers who had never read a romance novel. And they wanted, they had very specific ideas about... I am. It it, is like, you know what? I'm fine with that. I am fine with that because I know when I wrote my book, I was like, I can tell you right now, there's going to be people who hate this book. Like I I knew it. Like I, and that's fine. Like I didn't want to write a third act breakup misunderstanding in my book. Cause I was like, I hate reading those because most of the time they don't make any sense. Like, so like one text message would have just clarified this exactly, entire conversation. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, and I love that. My thought is that you're never alone in the way that you're thinking and responding to these characters. So if you're like, oh my God, I would have loved this if it was a little bit different in this way, you're probably not the only one thinking that. And so that's kind of like at least from my very inexperienced writer self, what I tell other writers is just like, if you love it, if you love this character you're writing, somebody else will too. Like somebody is going to read this and you are going to be their instant favorite author because you wrote down things they haven't had a chance to read that appeal to them because nobody else has written it. And so just do it, (laughs) you know? And, And that's, that's, it's hard. I do. I get it. That's it's the renegade, but it's part of the risk you take, I guess, when you do any kind of art, whether it's a painting or pottery or whatever, you just got to put it out there. Oh no, there was, you reminded me of the quote about you can't please everyone. Or if everyone likes you, you haven't taken a stance. There are all those things in mind, but I'm nodding along because it's when you do something creative, but I also was thinking about the books that have made big impacts. I, I was looking at one star reviews of To Kill a Mockingbird or one star reviews mm. of books that have had huge cultural impacts. And I'm going, The Bluest Eyes is phenomenal. Why is this oh. like a one star review? So Because it challenges them. It challenges people to think beyond their own personal experiences and biases. Like, and that's mm. you, if you embrace that fantastic. You will be a better reader. You will be a better person. You will be a better friend and community member if you choose not to embrace that because you're scared, because you don't want to like 
have things challenged, ideas challenged, you know, whatever it might be, it's going to be rough. Like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's not going to be as, um, I don't want to say easy, like, cause that is the easy way, but to, to just go with like, whatever yeah. you're thinking, whatever you've been trained to think and everything. So I like to be challenged. I like, I don't like to be wrong. Like, I'll be honest. I'm an Aries. I just had a birthday. I don't like to be wrong, but sometimes you need it and you need to be challenged and you need to be a renegade in order to have better success, but not like financial, like just success, like personal success. Yeah. Well, when it came to Ross from the get-go, I didn't put him in the negative or think of him in this kind of linear fashion of he's the ex-boyfriend. We just like him because the very first time we meet him, Max, the dog, jumps up and greets him. Yes. If the animal likes you in a cozy mystery, you're golden. I'm so glad you noticed that too. Oh, yeah. Mizen, Mizen, Mizel just had an Aries birthday too. Awesome. Um, Fantastic. But yeah, no, I noticed that too. I was like, I feel like if we were meant to hate him, because I bet it was all of our inclination to hate Mm -hmm. him, to be like, oh, he's the ex. But the first time we meet him in person, the dog loves him. And I took that too. I was like, that's a really good sign. But that's what I mean. It's such a small moment, but it totally kind of took what you were thinking and flipped it. I mean, it's something so simple, just as that interaction. But when you're a cozy mystery lover, if the animal accepts this character, so you. (laughs) And I feel like, and I, I know everybody's like dating experience different, but like, as somebody who's single and like, I don't actively date right now, but like when I am in the dating pool, that's something that I feel like any single woman specifically will tell you is that if he meets your pets and they like him, good sign. And if they don't like him, red flag. And so I, that was actually probably one of the most current things she could have put in the book. Like, I I really do feel like for a lot of the things that I said that I was like, this feels a little tired um, or a little, you know, just kind of out of touch. That felt really on touch to me. Oh, so again, I, the fur mama, the dog mama part of me, I was looking at these posts that I see on Instagram because Instagram apparently knows my personality with the algorithm. There was something about millennials buying houses so their dogs will have big backyards and how millennials are choosing their dogs as their children. And so again, for me, if you don't like my dog, no, I'm not going to- You're out of my life. I'm not going to end up with you. I will, I will say, I do appreciate Jess's comment though, about feeling like Ross disrespected her boundaries because he showed up because that is to me, that would be a red flag as well. And so like to have him just kind of show up in her small town, that would be a little weird and creepy to me, like, you know, in real life. But then the dog, I was like, okay. And then he quickly shows us he's not a bad guy. Like he shows us He's listened to the, some of the things she's talked about. He wants to have fun jumping in the lake and all this. stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting this from him, from what we've heard about Kelly. It's so frightening. I mean, just dating in general. Like, this is why I'm not dating. Like, I, I'm like, I am perfectly content at home by myself, like <laughs> watching movies and reading books. <laughs> I will say though, Ross was very, very helpful when it yeah. came to the end with the Willow research. Yeah, he showed up. 
I was going to say he had the pivotal information to help her kind of put those puzzle pieces right where they needed to be. And she felt comfortable calling him, which I think also yeah. volumes. So I'm not writing Ross off quite yet. The tricky part is like how the tricky part is how you make that work because mm -hmm. he lives in the city and she is now moving to this small town. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't see a problem with that because like, especially like in millennial relationships, I don't think people are as focused on like, you have to live with your partner all the time or like, you know, people can have jobs in other places. <laughs> trying to get through the door. I forgot about that moment, but that was a good scene. That was good. Yeah. So I, th I feel like it'll be a little tricky because I, I don't see him wanting to leave New York, but I don't know. Everybody else kept saying they wanted to leave New York. <laughs> I, I feel bad for New York. I'm going, this is the opposite of sex in the city where New York is a character in the series. They're all like, we tried, we were there for two years and we just couldn't do it. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Become a famous artist overnight. I'm just sorry, Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? Look, no hate to people who like live with their parents or, or move back home, like especially during the pandemic. We've seen right. that happening a lot. We also see like this whole generation. Uh, Gen Z is very much of the mind of like, we're going to live with our families until we have the money to like buy a house or, mm -hmm. you know, so I mean, I know things are different and I just want to see that reflected in books purposefully. I don't want it to be like, oh, we just happen to both live at home. Isn't this so kooky? I want it to be, I want it to be part of the story of like, oh, I moved back home because like I had this awful work experience and my sister lives here because she's been saving up to open this business and now we're gonna move in together. I I feel like it would add a little more depth and nuance to the characters to have very specific reasons why things happen the way they happen. Yes, it's expensive. I I understand. I have friends in New York. It's there's a reason I never even considered moving to New York because I was like, it's it's way beyond the budget. <laughs> you just reminded me of my own personal, I was gonna say writing challenges, just even dissertation with I know something and I don't want to talk down to the reader. And so I'm going, okay, how do I balance explaining something, elaborating, but not making it sound like I'm mm, you know, mm -hmm. being condescending somehow of or okay. preachy in, yeah. in any way. Yeah. Or one of those, because I have references and I'm going, okay, people reading this are academics. Chances are you know this communications related theory. So do you want me to explain this in a, in, in a lot of detail or can I just move on? And mm -hmm. so when it comes to writers, I think of it as, you know, these characters so well inside and out, they are real to you. You have your, your characters and their bios written down Yeah, and she probably knows exactly those things, but it's one of those Oh, I just assumed the reader could read between the lines. Or, yeah, or it doesn't necessarily make it all on the page. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. And I and I think that's fair. I think it's fair for, I know for me, like I, I do do a lot of outlining and planning. Mm -hmm. And so I will make notes about character things that I'm like, yeah. I know I didn't mention this in the book. I feel like you get an essence of this, but like maybe not this thing exactly. But yeah, I, I, it's hard having to pick and choose like what does 
make it in. I'm also loving everybody talking about how expensive it is. Jess, I'm from California. I lived the first 18 years of, or 22 years, including college of my life in California. So I understand. And I've also lived in Chicago. Yeah. Much cheaper to live in, by the way, if you want like a cheaper city, Minneapolis was like number one for me. I I loved it. And then Chicago, I love even more, but it is a little more expensive. So Nightland, thank you for joining us. I I understand DC wasn't exactly it wasn't chunk change. (laughs) I would be interested to see where it goes, but I don't think I'm invested enough to want to read more in the series. I do love though, the one thing that keeps bringing me back to considering it though, is all the women of, of just mm-hmm. having like so many women in, in the story. Cause I, I love that. I do. Yeah. And like you said, female friendships, I think are, are so good. And you know, what's even more underrated than that male friendships. Oh, like, yeah. So, so lacking in stories. Mm-hmm. Very sad. I would love to see more of that as well, but Oh no, you just, I also, you reminded me the mother was friends with Gwen. So it's two generations of female. (laughs) Multi-generational. That would be great. And you know, what's interesting is, um, by Lori, Lori, is, uh, none of them have kids. Like none of, which I will say as somebody who is very much like child free and like has every intention of staying that way. I do like reading stories where I was expecting at least one of them to be like, you know, the friend who got married out of high school and has a couple kids and everything, because that is very much small town life for a lot of people. And I found it interesting that they were all single (laughs) women in their 20s. Or progressive. <laughs> and this sometimes that again, this, this it's one of those things where it's like it was sometimes there and then sometimes not. So I don't, I don't know. I it, it's also the first in the series. Like I don't. Where did this land for you in terms of like star ratings? I mean, I would give it three and a half, four stars because I did okay. enjoy it. I did like again. I mentioned it, the creative characters. I liked mm-hmm. the mother making the pancakes. I thought, I liked the fact, this was kind of going back to something else. The mother's four inches taller than the dad. I That's just, cool. Little things like that really meant a lot to me when I was reading this book. And it is well-written too. She knows how to write. I looked it up. She's written under a different name as well. It shreds yeah. bed and breakfast series. Mm-hmm. But I also liked... Sammy, I thought it was interesting how even the detective acknowledged. So this is, where'd my note go? Oh, so going back. So Bailey Abbott also writes as Catherine Long and it's a Sierra, I think this said Pines, Sierra Pines B&B series. That is a very funky PI there. That did not look right. But I liked the fact that you have the sister relationship. I like the fact that they're growing and changing. And I feel as if we're on a journey with them and I also get a, a, a max in a form. So yeah. I, I kind of like the dog references as well. Yeah. Although technically speaking, I would have brought that little fluff ball with me everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it was a good start to the series. I'm interested to see where she goes from here. I also thought the random thing like Minnie and Mickey as the costumes was historical. I'm going, right. <laughs> it's that, see, stuff like that bothers me. And it's not because of, 
I like how quirky and weird it is. I like yeah. that. But again, I'm like, why? Why Mickey and Minnie? Why? Like, did you do a talent show as teenagers and dress up as Mickey and Minnie? Is this something that people know you for? Why Mickey and Minnie? Like, I just need a little more context. And I think I'm with, oh, good night, Lady Gizmo. I always remember Lady Gizmo. I think I I kind of landed with a lot of people in the chat is like between like three, three and a half stars for me because like we've talked about, there were a lot of wonderful things and I think there's a great foundation. I just felt like there were too many inconsistencies for me in terms of like characters and choices. And I do think part of it, and this was even a critique I got on my book was like, I think a lot of times when we set up characters for future books, that sometimes it can feel like a little too much like exposition, like, oh, I wish we had focused more on the mystery and less on like meeting 8,000 other people. So I I think we will see more of Mm -hmm. obviously Chloe and Izzy and Hunter and Ross. I think we'll see more of Megan for sure, probably Gwen and and like the parents. So I'll be interested to see God, maybe I will read more in this. God, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, the I reason don't... why I'm kind of not giving it the full five stars is I wanted some answers, or I felt like there were some threads that maybe yes. there's in book two. So Fiona's husband was the investigator into Theo's husband's death, and we don't find that out till the very end. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have known about Fiona's husband and his profession. It would have given me a little bit more insight, and I could have possibly predicted that. And then Grayson he wins the boat race. And I kind of want to know why did he think that was a good idea? He's trying to be liked by them. If he participated, sure. Why does he want to win? And then there were cameras in the shop that allowed Theo to see what was going on, but I didn't know there were cameras in the shop. It would, I mean, you could have been dusting them or something. It would have been nice to have had an inclusion to give you that. Oh, okay. I understand exactly how they knew no one was in there at this time. And this is a very random one, but there was a cat. There was a stray cat that we saw twice. What happened to the cat? I need to know. Is she in book two? Because I'm worried about the stray cat. I feel like <laughs> I feel like we've done. I think we've done a previous one together where you were also concerned about an animal that like was never answered. Like like they never like testified that like the the animal was okay or like you know what happened to it. So. Yeah, that's I, more I about me than her. Then that's more about my hangups as an animal lover. Of I must protect you. <laughs> I wanted I to can't see watch that Sarah McLaughlin one, that commercial. <laughs> I can't do it. Like I, I love animals too yeah. much. I know this is a fictional cat, but I'm worried about this stray cat. <laughs> I'm looking up the second book plot because I was just curious. See, and I'm just reading the brief synopsis, and like they're introducing a new character in. In book two, oh nope, I see I see two, I see two new character names in the synopsis for book two. So I'm like, okay, interesting. Two more people in the 400 person town. So I, mean, I also want to meet Bob from Bob's Burgers. I, I want to know about this guy who's making the best prime ribs apparently that's ever been. Yes, I want to know more about these some of the characters that were alluded to. Again, we never meet Bob. Oh, and the mention when they mentioned the bakery and the Asiago bagel, I was like, ah, do I really want a bagel now? Yes. Oh yes, next month's book. Okay, where is my? I have 
my images. Where did you go? I upload these things and I'm always, they're here. I just got to pull them up. Okay. So next month is Murder, She Barked, which is Krista Davis. Oh, Krista. I've read Krista Davis before. Not, not this book or this series. Ooh, I have read Krista Davis before. What other series has she done? Did you, did you guys do another Krista Davis series? It's the Dino series. It's her series. That's what I'm thinking of. So I've, I've read that, or I've read a few books in that one before. And I do remember liking liking her stuff. Oh, see, people have said they've already read her. Yes. Okay, cool. I like what she's going to. Yes, we've read two series from her. This is gonna be our third. So apparently we are fans. And also the fact that this book club has been in existence for quite some time. It has allowed us to do that. I noticed we also have Ellery Adams as a reoccurring. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I mean, she's canon, right? Like, I, I feel like there's just so much Ellery for sure. Well, Amanda Flowers popped up a couple of times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. we read Death Becomes Her, but I, as again, I please recommend books throughout the year. I'm not just taking your recommendations at a particular point in time. You can recommend <laughs> books anytime you like. And Here Comes the Fudge has been submitted twice already. So I'm pretty sure that might end up in one of the future polls if it gets recommended again. So oh my God. Coco might be coming back around again too. So quit I'm open here, to it as long as it makes sense. You guys recommend That's so funny. I this is this is where I will say, as much as I love romance, I think cozy mystery wins when it comes to the titles. Like absolutely. Look at the titles we have coming up. Tagged for death, survival of the fritters. I cannot. That's my favorite. And then I also I also really like if you've got it, haunt it. Sprinkle <gasps> with murder, a Christmas candy killing. Like there's so many good titles coming up. I, I love the that that we have. That is so good. I'm gonna have to send you pictures of the ones that I picked up at. I went to a library sale, and all oh, those are the it best. Was, it was clear that somebody had had like four or five books in like the same series, and there were a couple oh. of them. And I scooped up all of them, and one of them, one of them was all cheese themed. Like all the titles have like cheese Avery Adams or Avery Ames and now Karina Moss has her cheese series and now uh, Linda Riley I know she has her sandwich cheese shop there okay yeah I hear all my books in the (laughs) other room otherwise I would check but I know that they were all cheese themed and then their other series I picked up was they were theater themed like they were all Shakespeare play themed and I you know I'm a theater kid through and through so I was like Heck yeah. But, oh my God, no, I love these. These are so much fun. And I mean, you grilled cheese mysteries. That's another one. Uh, Linda Riley. Stop it. You guys are so lucky to be part of this book club with this fearless leader because she does so much. I mean, we talk about this, like I said, every year when the 12 days of boobs miss and the 12 days of cozies coincide because she's so excited about it and like starts planning it months in advance. Oh, I started um, working on our 12 days of cozies. I already know course. the themes. I've been working of on the iPad. I don't know where it is, but I have the Instagram <laughs> posts are already making. I have got this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do the big reveal. Not this month, but probably next <laughs> month. I was trying to figure out like, okay, Christmas in July, July will be. Revealed. I thought about doing that too. I, we're on the same wavelength. I really do. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I did think about doing it. I started a new thing last July 
called Slick Summer Nights. And I it's remember just, that. <laughs> and it's just about bringing in people to read their favorite spicy scenes. And it's like a battle of the spicy scenes kind of thing. But yeah, no, I we both look forward to the holidays for so long. And oh, I know Angela yeah. does so much. Everybody here knows. I mean, you guys have a fantastic community that I'm happy to be a part of one one or two times a year. So I'm always oh. happy when you join. You're, I love chatting with you. You're just, you're so passionate about books. And I love how much you love romance and cozies. And I'm so happy and appreciative that you joined us tonight. I mean, I think it is hysterical because I didn't realize it at the time, but I remembered you were on the road at one point. Now I'm here in this hotel room. I'm going, we're just meant to do these events together. Like there's some sort of cosmic thing in the works here. We're <laughs> on the same wavelength a lot of times. I time. forgot about that. It was a couple times ago when I moved to Minnesota that I, I literally crawling on the floor. Yes. I got, I was in Nebraska and I got to my hotel like 20 minutes before we were starting. And like my friend I was traveling with was like crawling on the ground. Like, so she didn't get in the way. And I see we tune in regardless of where we are. I love Jess is like, I'm getting hungry. I'm with you. I want cheese now, now that we've talked about cheese grilled cheese oh yeah no I just realized what time it is I'm like oh wow we've been talking for a very long time yeah I understand why you're hungry it is getting a little late at night but I love it's so much fun chatting with y'all lose track of the time always Always. I actually am gonna need to jump off in a few minutes because I have a second live event tonight that I need to Too. You are a busy bee, and I am so appreciative of you taking the time to chat with us. I mean, thank you for making the time thank and joining you. and being so thoughtful and reading the book and chatting about it. My I'm, pleasure. Again, I showed you guys earlier. I'm like, whatever sticker or something you want, I will send it your way. Isn't appreciate like as I thank you, gift to you because I am very happy that you're just you join us and you're so sweet and supportive. I just oh, I really appreciate you. I love being here. And I did already tell Angela, but I'll tell everybody that we're going to, at some point, put together a giveaway so I can give away a spicy holiday romance to people um, with some swag that is definitely not as cool as Angela's swag, but, oh, and also who said it? Somebody said Tillamook cheese. I'm actually wearing my Tillamook shirt right now from the Tillamook cheese factory. <laughs> so I just thought I'd show that off. Well, this lovely woman was so sweet. She's going, Oh, if I can offer a giveaway for the book. And I'm going, I'm going to make your book a feature giveaway so I can post about it. Everyone can enter. They know it's coming. So she was willing to do it tonight. FYI, that is how kind she is. The current giveaway for tonight. I just wanted to make sure I wanted to look it up. It's again, poison pen press. Oh, I love, there's one woman in particular I correspond with. She is so sweet. There will be a new book coming out and I'll say, oh, if you want me to organize a giveaway, I can do that. Oh, what if I give you all three books in this series to do a giveaway with? And I'm going, oh my, God. Oh my goodness, so of course. Nice. I'm going, yes, mind blown. So someone is going to win right now. What is the entire by the book mystery series? So buried in a good book, which we read as a book club. So if you haven't read it, you can go back and watch that live stream. On Spine of Death and Murder Off the Books, which isn't even coming out until it's May 30th. So someone is going to be winning three books plus a physical arc. All these are paperbacks, by the way. So three paperbacks, 
an arc, which is somehow arcs make me feel so special. They make me feel like I'm a legit reader somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that one of these books is also an arc, I think ups the ante with this giveaway. Cool. So every comment tonight counts as a giveaway entry. So please comment away, get those last minute comments in. And my plan is to tomorrow I have a, I'm, doing some things, but I have time where I'm going to be sitting, (laughs) sitting down for the hairdresser at some point and other things. So I'm going to figure out a way to do all of your comments and choose the winner before malice gets in full swing. So your arc and your two other paperbacks, AKA all three books will be in the mail as soon as possible. So I'll, I'll hopefully have the reveal. I want to say Thursday at some point. So my goal is to announce the winner from tonight on Thursday. So fingers crossed that my goal becomes a reality. Ooh, that's <laughs> so thank you, Poison awesome. Friends. Like all of the love and shout outs to them. And if you're going to be at Malice, please stop and say hello to me. I was thinking of doing something informal. So I am going to be talking to authors while I'm here. And I am waiting to hear back from, I want to say two people. So until I have the official schedule, I wanted to hold back on the time I was going to offer. But I was thinking of doing something. I want to say it was... Friday morning or Saturday morning. So maybe from nine to 10 before the Kensington signing, I would bring donuts or cupcakes or something and just kind of in the room waiting so someone can stop by and say hello if they like. And I have special swag just for that. I literally put aside special swag bags just for this informal get together that I was thinking of doing potentially. That's amazing. You're too much fun. I love it. I wish I was going. That sounds like a blast. I, I have to admit, Malice Domestic is one of my favorite events. There's a reason why I keep coming back. So yeah. Kensington signing, they give away all the books. You don't have to pay for anything. You walk in the room and you can have them sign the book and they'll hand it to you and it's incredible. And then they have multiple signings. The authors are doing their panels. There are just so many great people here. I also That's like the fact cool. it's a little smaller. It feels more manageable to me because again, I am an introvert. It's easy when you're doing a live stream because you're in your own little space and you can be totally yourself. And I'm in the room with nobody around and yet I'm talking to the computer. Like it's totally normal. <laughs> no, I, I get it. It's, this is a weird year for me because I'm putting out my second book this year, but I'm going to two book events as a reader. And then I'm going to a book event as a writer. And like, even when I'm there as a writer, I'll be alongside some of the authors that I'm going to see as a reader at other events. So it's, it's a weird, like Brit, like where do you draw the line kind of thing? But I mean, every, every author I know, and even like the publishers too, and the bloggers, like this community is just so incredible and like really wanting to like lift each other up. Um, So that's so cool. I hope people go and hang out with Angela at Malice. And if not, I'm sure she'll find lots of people to make new friends with too. (laughs) Please say hello. I also, again, I, I am an introvert and sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm getting to this event. I'm just like walking and I look like I'm seeing people nearby, but I'm really not because I'm in my head planning something. So if I please just wave, say hello, call me, come up and hug me. Like it's just say hello. I'm going to be carrying around special swag just for the event. So again, like I haven't put these on Etsy or shared them. Like this is the first time I'm showing you these stickers. I have other special things that I haven't revealed here yet. And after Malice, maybe I'll share, but I have special things just for you guys who I meet in person. So I want to do something to say hello and thank you. So please do say hello if you're here. I am going to be dropping swag off in the hospitality suite. So anytime you want to go in there and grab something, you can. I, again, I am mailing a box. 
a box. <laughs> so I have got you covered. So please feel Love free it. to help yourself to bookmarks, pens, and the other things that I've been working Yay. on. So. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank everybody who hung out tonight so much for having me. It's always a joy to see you and chat with you, whether it's about cozies or romance or whatever. This was so much fun. Thank you for joining. Thank you for reading A Brush with Murder. Thank you guys for joining. Murder, She Barked is next month. I hope you guys enjoyed A Brush with Murder. If you read book two, please let me know. DM me, tweet at me, however you want to communicate, just let me know. I have to admit, I am very far behind with the direct messages. I will be catching up, hopefully. <laughs> Same thing with comments. You know, when I lost Max, I'm still... It's taken me a very long time to get to a healthy place to be productive again. So I will be taking these on and getting through them. So I will get back to you, but I do want to hear from you. So if you, if you read book two, let me know. I want to know. And thank you for reading A Brush With Murder. Thank you for joining us tonight. Good luck. I know there's going to be one very, very happy sleuther come Thursday. I'm so looking forward to this giveaway. <laughs> We're going to have the giveaway with Kelly at some point. So be on the lookout for that. But thank you guys for joining I am so appreciative of you taking the time to read this book. Join us tonight. Please stay safe, healthy, and take care of yourselves. And most importantly, stay cozy. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Cozy Mystery Book Club podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of A Brush With Murder by Bailey Abbott. If you did enjoy the episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and join the podcast family. You can also stay up to date with everything Cozy Mystery Book Club via the email newsletter. You can join over on thecozymysterybookclub.com or over on my personal website, angelamariahart.com. No matter the platform, the link to join the email newsletter family is ready for you. No matter the platform or outlet, there is a way for you to join the email newsletter family. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please stay kind and creative and have fun reading your next cozy mystery. Until next time, stay cozy.